Francis Ngannou was one of the most devastating knockout artists in the history of the UFC. And on March 27th, he has the opportunity to show the world he has corrected the mistakes that cost him the UFC heavyweight title in his first meeting with Stipe Miocic. UFC commentator Joe Rogan reportedly suggested that Ngannou hadn't trained on the ground for the first contest. After Ngannou's second consecutive loss in an uneventful clash with Derek Lewis, Dana White claimed that Ngannou's ego was to blame. I had some personal encounters with him as did other people in, in the organization and this guy's ego just was so out of control it's like before the Stipe fight he took off and went to France didn't even really train for that fight. Much has changed since Ngannou's 2018 skid. Having fully relocated to Las Vegas from France, a new coaching ensemble has helped the Predator reel off four first round finishes. But has he learned his lesson from the one-sided decision loss as he looks to get one back on the greatest UFC heavyweight champion of all time? This is Petey Carroll for MMA On Point and today we will attempt to find out if Francis Ngannou has righted the wrongs from his first clash with Stipe Miocic. Let's start by introducing you to the key figures in his camp. We're going to talk to Ngannou's head coach at Extreme Couture, Eric Nixick, his longtime striking coach, Dewey Cooper, and his head strength and conditioning coach from the UFC's Performance Institute, Kyle Larimer. When he first arrived in the US, Ngannou split his time between France and Vegas, but eventually he parted ways with Fernand Lopez's celebrated Parisian team, the MMA Factory. Even before he cut ties with Lopez, Ngannou was put in touch with celebrated coach and competitor, Dewey Cooper. The head coach of Black Cobra MMA, 2008 Martial Arts Hall of Fame inductee, Cooper, competed against some of the biggest names in K1 while simultaneously competing as a professional boxer, achieving a 19-3-3 record. He has coached fighters to eight world championships across various combat sports and has worked with the likes of Kevin Randleman, Kevin Lee, Bubba Jenkins and Phil Baroni. It was a former UFC champion that initially introduced them after meeting the heavyweight at the UFC PI. Their first training sessions began 12 weeks before Ngannou's statement knockout over Overeem, but the Black Cobra wasn't afraid to admit that he had never heard of Ngannou when the call came true. Forrest Griffin is the one who made that connection. He recommended to Francis that uh, uh, he look into me as, as far as being his coach and he even texted me about training Francis. And um, I didn't know Francis and Gunner at the time. I looked him up online and seen this big old brother with dreadlocks or braids or whatever, you know, look like look like a big old strong dude. I was like, hell y'all trade him. <laughs> After finishing up his college football career, Eric Nixick joined Extreme Couture as a member 14 years ago. Within his first year at the team, after being battle tested by the likes of Jay Haran, Mike Pyle and Martin Campman, he was already being encouraged to explore a coaching role. MMA Junkies 2020 Coach of the Year, Nixick recalls Ngannou's second meeting with Blades, a thrilling knockout that ended a two-fight skid as the first time Ngannou focused his training at Extreme Couture. It was uh, the Cain Velasquez fight, his manager, Markel Martin. He had asked me if I if I would be interested in, in coaching Francis. And then it was a Junior Dos Santos fight. I was going out there. We had another fight on the card. So he said, hey, will you jump in the corner with me? And then uh, obviously with Jarzinho, uh, our relationship began to blossom. We didn't know if we we're going to have a fight. All the while, you know, he he essentially just became part of my family because, you know, we are, we only had one another. That was it. Unlike a lot of fighters, not all of Ngannou's coaches are under one roof. Although Nixick works exclusively out of Extreme Couture, Cooper works with a number of fighters on a one-to-one -one basis. To add to that, Nixick also has to liaise with Ngannou's coaches at the PI. Larimer, who has been working with Ngannou for his last three camps at the UFC PI, explained how he keeps in touch with Cooper and Nixick regarding Ngannou training. Where I'd like to start from is making sure that I'm on the same page with those coaches, in this case, Eric and Dewey. So 
as we move throughout camp, I just wanted to be in touch with them. We have several services here, sports medicine, nutrition, sports science that Francis also taps into. When I get those numbers on my side, I can also provide some of that information to his MMA coaches. So they just have all the details necessary to pull back maybe when we need to, to allow for a little bit more recovery or really step on the gas when we know we have that window. Two of the main criticisms of Nganu on the back of his decision loss to Miocic were focused on his lack of defensive grappling and, after White's comments, the perception that he was too egotistical. According to Cooper, who cornered Nganu that night, neither his ego or his lack of defensive grappling were the most prominent forces behind his downfall at UFC 220. One thing people don't realize, Francis at that moment of fighting for the UFC heavyweight title against one of the best ever dude in the heavyweight division was only three and a half years into his fight career, total. So all I see, a guy being a little too overzealous like you would expect for the lack of experience and a guy believing in his power and one that imposes will on Stipe. While he was not a member of the team for Nganu's first title shot, Nixig has got quite acquainted with the fight. I watched that fight quite a bit. Um, I, you know, I, it's funny because I, I still get like, I watch it, I watch that fight every night. It's weird, like I turn it on before every I go to night. bed. I watch, I watch it every night since January. I think he just didn't understand that the, the fight IQ that Stipe Miocic really had. I think he just thought he was gonna go in there and touch him a few times and the fight was gonna be over and he was gonna get his hands raged. Um, I think when you start getting into those upper echelon fighters that are the, that championship pred pedigree like Stipe Miocic, it's just not that easy, man. Like these guys are calculated. And I think that's what you kind of see out of Francis is, is he wasn't very calculated. He didn't understand the gravity of, of going in there and really just exploding um, and, and really essentially blowing his load in the first round, you know, and, and what, what that can look like for, uh, for the rounds thereafter. In terms of Ngannou's ego being called into question, both Nixick and Cooper have had no experiences with the Cameroonian Goliath that made them feel he was in any way self-absorbed. Francis has been nothing but a gracious, nice guy to me. He's cool. He's always been cool. He's always been humble. I can speak from my own experiences that I've had with Francis, and he's a great human being, man, and, and that's the bottom line. All I know is, dude, this guy is one of the nicest human beings you're gonna meet. He cares about the people that surround him. As Cooper highlighted, it's rare to see anyone fight for a UFC title in this day and age with less than four years of training in the sport. With five more fights to his name, including a 15-minute contest with Derek Lewis, Ngannou is far more familiar with the octagon. It's a simple word, and it means so much. Experience. I alluded to it, to it earlier. I said in the first fight, he only had three and a half, four years total fight experience fighting for the fucking UFC Heavyweight Championship, man. You know, most of these guys been training 15 years, 10 years minimum. He's doing that. He got to a point at a third of the time of anybody else. So it was just a little too premature, simple as that. And he still gained great experience that night. He went 25 rounds with the champ. That's the biggest difference, my brother, my Irish brother. The biggest difference is experience. Nixick underlined Nganu's mentality as one of the biggest improvements since the first clash three years ago. He looks like he's enjoying himself now in the room. He, he cracks jokes. He's doing the body shot challenge. He wants to do this. He, when I see him now, like I just, I just, I just enjoy his presence, man. Like he's such a fun, lovable guy to be around in the room who works his ass off. And I'm, I couldn't be more proud of him. He's doing all the little extra credit intangibles that, that, that championship mindset, if you will, you know, like practice is over. 
he can just easily go in his car and go home, but instead he's skipping rope or he's riding the air bike or he's, you know, hitting the kick pads or doing something a little extra. The dominance of Miocic in the grapple exchanges of the first contest was one of the main talking points in the aftermath of UFC 220. He landed six takedowns over the five rounds and according to the official UFC stats, he controlled his position for 15 minutes and five seconds of the 25 minute bout. Now, grappling has become a cornerstone of Ngannou's preparations. We said like, hey, you know, if, if you didn't work on one thing that had to do with striking this whole camp, just, just per se, if you didn't do one thing that had to do with striking for this whole camp, I guarantee you, you're still going to hit hard. He's like, yeah, yeah. I, I guarantee you can knock a lot of people out. But if we really just focus on, you know, shoring up some of the uh, of the striking things, the technicalities of things, but also really getting into the wrestling heavy and grappling heavy, um, you're, you're going to see leaps and bounds in, into your game. He didn't make it like a chore. You know, he made it a priority. He knew that this was a this was a void, like you said. Um, he has years of catching up to ever be at that elite status of these wrestlers who've been doing this for their entire lives. But he has to work on it to at least become serviceable in that department. And then he's starting to fall in love with the side of it. You know, now he <laughs> enjoys taking people down and, and getting on top and his ground and pound. And he's starting to find new tools for the for the for the tool shed, if you will. You know, having gone the distance twice in the UFC, only one of which was a five round bout. Some still question Ngannou's cardio, knowing that Miocic will likely try to take him to deep waters. The camp have prepared him for it. I know Stipe, they're they're thinking, yeah, deep waters and drown him. Like I would if I were training someone against Francis, I'd be like taking the deep waters and drown them. I'm telling you guys right now, we're sharks now. This ain't the first fight. We are sharks. We we are adequate in them deep waters. Now that we've looked at the reaction to his first clash with Miocic, how his new team was assembled, and how much he has improved since UFC 220, there's nothing left to do but to ask Nixick and Cooper about how they expect the fight to go. With a more calculated approach, Nixick believes Ngannou can get the job done. He doesn't need to go out there and hit home runs with everything that he throws, you know. But he also needs to make sure that Stipe understands that you know he can hit a home run if he needs to. So the overall fight IQ is very important for us. And, and showing that we're, you know, we've evolved as, as, as fighters in this game. Um, so I think to me personally, I know he, Francis go out there and knock this guy out in 20 seconds and we're, and you guys are all going to laugh at me because I watched over 80 hours of tape, <laughs> you know, and spent a lot of time doing a whole lot of nothing. But um, I guess I'd rather just be more prepared than anything. In a lot of ways, I think as a coach, you do want him to, sh to shut up some of those naysayers. You do want to prove some of those things wrong and like, oh, look, this guy can defend the takedown and can and can counter wrestle or do whatever it may be, you know, but I think if if, if the perfect scenario were to happen, I like those clean kills, man. Definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for that first round finish and get his hands raised and, and, you know, make this a long lasting title defense. As a parting note, I figured it would be best to leave you in the capable hands of Dewey Cooper with the greatest non-prediction of all time. Yes, I do do predictions, but never for my fucking fighters, man. <laughs> oh, no. <Jesus> <laughs> I'm the main dude telling my guys in the dressing room right before we go out, no stress, just express. Today is a celebration of all of your hard work and dedication. No stress, just express. Tonight is a celebration of all of your hard work and motherfucking dedication. The last thing I'm gonna do is put my fight under pressure by making a fucking prediction. <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell you this, we expect to take our victory. And don't take my words shallow. When I say take, 
I mean take, because no champion like Steve Bay is gonna give away anything. We gotta take it. And I feel Francis Ngannou will take his victory. And when you take something from someone, there may be recourse, there may be adversity, but at the end of the day, we're coming to conquer. Francis Ngannou will take that UFC heavyweight belt, and I can't wait to take that picture in the middle of the cage with the belt wrapped around Francis's waist. On March 27th, will we see Stipe Miocic extend his legacy as one of the greatest world champions in the history of the UFC's heavyweight division, or will it be the beginning of the Nganu era? Thank you so much for watching. We hope this has substantially whetted your appetite for one of the most eagerly anticipated heavyweight title rematches of all time. Special thanks to Eric Nixick, the legend Dewey Cooper, and Kyle Larimer for the time they gave me to put this piece together. This is our third in-depth look into a fighter camp ahead of a big marquee bout, and we would love to hear your feedback back in the comments section. Enjoy the fights! Big thanks to Max Randall for editing this video. You can follow him on at Max underscore Randall on Twitter. As always, we appreciate the consumption of our wonderful content. Please like and subscribe. We upload three dazzling videos per week to keep you on your toes. So please hit us up in the comments section to tell us how you feel. You can also join our Discord channel, the link for which is in the description. I really hope you enjoyed the video this week. Slán August Bannacht.